Uh, so today we're going to talk briefly uh, through a, a, a message uh, called From Resolution to Resolve. Moving from resolution to resolve. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we lift you up for uh, a new year. <clears throat> and Lord God, we want to stand in you and not our own words, but in your word and in your power and in your strength. And so, God, I, I pray today that you would saturate us with your spirit, saturate us with your presence, saturate us with a focus that would, that would give us split point accuracy and, uh, and clarity on how to walk with you circumspectly in a brand new year, Lord God. And I'm, I'm believing you that you're going to shake up lives uh, in this new year, that you're going to transform uh, lives this year, Lord God. And I pray that this, would, this, this word would be uploaded to the hard drive of the souls of your people, Lord God, so that they can practice the programming that you have placed in us before the foundations of the earth. And so, Lord God, in order for this to, be, in order for this to happen, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our Redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. You know, um, I, 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 the, the older I get, I'm, I'm, I want to begin to take, take advantage of times of the year of sensitivity, whether it's Mother's Day, Father's Day, you know, Christmas, Easter, uh, even New Year's, just different seasons of the year, taking advantage of communicating sermons to your openness during that particular season. And, 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 and one of the things that I've, I've gotten into, I got a confession to make, I'm into the be like culture, all right? Now, some of y'all looking at me funny. I'll, I'll break it down in a second. You know, I'm in them pictures where it says, so-and-so be like, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? All right, y'all know what I'm talking about, like on Instagram and stuff. I think them are the funniest pictures on the planet Earth. Um, but but the, one, the funniest one I've seen recently was it was a two-sided be like picture. So it said, it, said, it, said, it said, people in the beginning of the year, be like, and you saw all these people in the gym. Then it said, by June, people be like, and then a buffet is out the joint. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, in other words, it's kind of making fun of the whole idea of the New Year's resolution phenomenon. If, and, and, and in fact, making fun of the fact that people uh, make lofty goals and lofty objectives but it's known, whether you're saved or not, that nine, nine times out of ten resolutions don't work. Okay, I'm by myself. It, it, it's interesting because a resolution, a New Year's resolution, is your attempt to create an objective that you can accomplish in your own strength. That's, that's what a New Year's resolution is. It, it's an attempt to create an objective that you can only keep in your own strip. I, I want to do better with my finances this year. I'm going to get out of debt. Now, you in $300,000 worth of debt. You ain't getting out of three hundred in a year. Amen, somebody. Um, you've been having to say, and uh, there's some things, you, 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 you don't need a resolution. You need a plan. <laughs> Y'all, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so in light of that reality, and, and, and as we look at this idea of resolutions, we go year after year after year of desires. And let me just say this. All desires and resolutions aren't bad. Not, not all of them. But the challenge is, is we put our stock on us to be able to bring that resolution to pass. And so what, what, what that creates and what that makes a challenge in is it further uh, depresses us about our brokenness that we can't bring ourselves out of. But, but a resolve, even though it's a form of the word resolution, is really totally different uh, than that. Matter of fact, resolve is a biblical word that's used several times. I'm going to read some passages to you, two of them. One is in Acts 19.21. It, it, it says... Now, these, now, after these events, 
Paul resolved in his spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. Now, now in, the, the word resolve is, is an interesting word because of what it means. Paul's resolve is based on this. What God has said, he's linking up what God has said about his ministry to what his goals are in his life, not just in his year. Did, did y'all hear that? In, in, other, in other words, a resolve is connected to the promises of God, not the preferences of man. And so Paul remembered back to Acts chapter 9 when God called him to ministry and told him that he was going to go and be a missionary and that he was going to go be uh, before great leaders and communicate the gospel. And so he, he had a spirit-led resolve. And his spirit, th 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 there's a resolve that happens in your spirit when you know what you're supposed to do and you can't move outside of it. There are very few, when, when I make a resolve in my spirit, I, I, when I don't follow that resolve in my spirit based on the word of God, it feels like sin if I don't do it. And, 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 so, and so a resolve here points to this reality. Another place where the resolve is, I love this one. It says in 2 Thessalonians 1.11, it says, To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of your calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power or with power. And so resolve here is connected to calling of the believers, but then also God fulfilling it. So it's not us fulfilling a resolution, it's God working in and through us to commit us to his resolves, to the things within them. So what is a resolve? A resolve is a commitment, is a commitment to see or make something happen. It's, this, it's to decide firmly on a course of action, firm determination to do something based on, listen, God's eternal ends. Let me say that again. A resolve is to decide firmly on a course of action, a firm determination to do something based on God's desired ends. Now, 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 a lot of resolve doesn't always come from what you wanted to do in the first place. Some resolve, God has to get you there. Yeah. Now, 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 let, me, let, me, let me give you an example. I ain't never want to plant a church. i just tell you that right now. Some of y'all already know that. But, but, but when God began moving on me about my call to ministry, and he began directing me to plant a church. I, I, listen, when, 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 when there came a point where I got to the point where I was connected with God's desires based on what he already wanted to do. I just linked up with the desires that he already had because of his work to challenge me to move in his direction. Let me just say this. When, when I, when I, when I, I, the Lord showed me that Yvette was my wife. Uh, um, 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 it was February, I, I remember it, February 1994. I'll never forget it. And, 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 and I could, y'all got to understand, I was 20. So I wasn't thinking about marrying not a person, all right? You know what I'm saying? I, I would, I'm, your boy was just trying to, you know, finish school, you know what I'm saying? Go get my grad degree, go get my PhD, boom, be a psychologist, get some, you know, you know, library up to the ceiling, you know, office with the turtleneck on so I can look real cool. Had a little, the little leather couch with the little buttons in it that, you know what I'm saying? And I sit up across my leg and I said, mm-hmm, tell me where it all began. That's what I wanted to do. 
But, but what God began to do is he began to show me, and this is, before, this is when he was calling me to ministry, but this was also on when he showed me, and I couldn't get over it. I tried to date other, I tried to go and see other, I could, and every time I give it, to, every time I look at it, I see that, I'll be like, dog it, you know what I'm saying? And what began to happen is that resolve burnt in me because I knew that 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 I was supposed to marry her because when God birthed something in you and give you a resolve, it's an unshakable determination to go towards the direction that he's calling you to go towards. I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but in this year, you ought to be more passionate about going towards what God has for you. Some of us are always, because most of us sleep on what God has for us because we think what we want for us is better than what God has for us. I'm by myself, but I'm going to keep preaching it like I see it because many of us are on the throne of our own life and it ain't working. But, but a resolve is a biblical, Christ-centered passion to see God's desires in, desired ends in every single area of your life. And so that brings me to my first point in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 20. If you're going to go from resolutions to resolves, number one, you must resolve that you will live a life of spiritual discernment. You must resolve that you will live a life of spiritual discernment. No, uh, verse 15 says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise folks. This is dope right here. Now the word look, usually I want to run past a word like look, but this is a beastly word right here for look. The idea for look here is a rich term. It, it, it's a present imperative, which means it should be always consistent in your life. You should be looking. Now I'm explaining what look means because look ain't what you think it is when you look at the word look. And then it's imperative. In other words, it's a command to look. Now, what does this word look mean? It says not to judge on external appearances. That's, that's what it means. To have discernment means you don't look at things with the sight that you, your normal sight. You got to look behind that sight that is the sight that you're trying to use. And most of us make decisions based on human sight and not divine sight. But look here, look here has an idea of discernment. That, 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 that means that you have to have a biblical foundation and a biblical grid that you're depending on to help you not to judge a book by its cover. Y'all looking at me funny. Prophet Samuel goes over Jesse's crib and, and, and he like, I'm going to go up and he got his horn of oil. He rolls up in there. It, it's, a, it's a big old fine dude up in Jesse's crib. He said, Jesse. God told me, come roll up in here. He told me, roll up in here, and your, and your son going to be king. Jesse was like, Raquel. He put all his sons out, right? Boom, big fine dude got up. Wavy hair, you know what I'm saying? Nice goatee, shoulder squared, uh, a six-packable and everything, Klakowski and everything. He said, that got to be the king right there. God said, eh-eh. He's like, he ain't the, all right. Maybe it's you. He looked at the, oh, he's second best dude. He said, eh, he's going down. He said, Samuel. Now, this is the prophet, y'all. He said, he said, why are you looking at external things? He said, I don't judge like y'all judge. He said, see, y'all look at how fineness and looks and capabilities. I don't look at capabilities. I look for people with inabilities so that I can enable them with my abilities so that the transformation and the glory goes to me. So all of a sudden, in the, so, 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 so he, said, he said, I want you to look like I look. He said, now, and Samuel said, so Samuel, in looking like he looked, he said, are there any more signs? And even Jesse was like, yeah, but he out back watching sheep. You know what I'm saying? 
So this little roughneck, cute little cat come up in there, you know what I'm saying, who had been out back watching sheep, killing bears and lions and carrying on, walks up in there. He don't even know what's going on. You know, dust on him from the wind. He's smelling like poop and everything from the sheep. And God says, that's my man. He's like, wow. He's like, okay. Boom. He poured the oil on him. And the Bible says immediately the Holy Ghost came mightily upon him. Let me just tell you something. Let me tell you something. God is going to tell you, look, and he's going to have some stuff come in your life that's going to not look like it's supposed to be in your life. He's going to bring some stuff your way every now and then that doesn't look like it's supposed to be on any scale of human assessment and enjoyment. But God is trying to let you know, I don't want you to look at things based on how you look at things or how man looks at things. I want you to look at things from my divine perspective because I I look for things that don't have potential. <laughs> and so he says, look. And then he says, look carefully. See, this is what resolve does for you. It makes you make, make crazy decisions. Carefully means to look at things accurately. In other words, seeing things as they actually are. You know, one of the things that's challenging about being a pastor and a Christian is Christ dealt with our sin, but it's hard to get Christians to be honest with where they actually are. One of the things that frustrates me is if Christians, we throw verses at our brokenness, not being honest about our brokenness. How you doing, sister? Oh, you know, I'm blessed, blessed and highly favored in the Lord. Brother, how things been? You've been going, I'm, every, I'm, I'm cool, bro, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm like, bro, it's okay to be broken because God doesn't heal healed people. Did y'all hear me? And so, and so looking carefully at something means looking at the bad of it in this honest place, but not staying there, but looking at the word of God to appropriately apply the word to that brokenness. That's what it means to look carefully. And looking carefully at everything and saying, God, I'm here, but this is where I want to be. A resolve comes from knowing that God can take you from the place of brokenness to the place of development. Living carefully and looking carefully at everything makes you look at things the way they actually are, but the way God wants them to be. Now check it out. He says, be careful. Look carefully at how you walk. How you walk. This, this word walk means behavior. Behavior. It's not talking about, you know, whether you walk like one of the dudes with the 70s with the stacks in their thing and the fish, you know what I'm saying, or something, right? I, I missed half of y'all just now. But he ain't talking about the dude, you know, you know going like that. He, he's talking about behavior of the soul. He says, in other words, I want you to look carefully at how your soul acts. Did you hear that? And that, now, now what's interesting about this idea of walking, it points to godly reflection about your life. Godly divine reflection about your life. Now, in, in the book of Ephesians, the word walk has been used several times up to this point. This verse that we're in, verse 15, kind of crescendos and points to how it's been used, and it kind of climaxes here. Now check it out. In Ephesians 2, 2, it says, it, it points to the fact, walking points to as behaving under the devil's influence. That's how we used to behave. We used to walk according to the prince and power of the air, indulging in the lust of the mind. Amen, somebody. 
All right, I'm by myself. Ephesians 2.10 says, to points to us walking in God's prepared good works that he's already prepared for us beforehand. That means you don't create any goodness. The goodness is already created. God just has it waiting for you to walk with him so that you can walk in them. Let's keep going. Uh, Ephesians 4.1 says, as a calling for all believers, for us to look at our behavior. Ephesians 4.17, a cutting off unredeemed behavior points to. Ephesians 5.2 points to behaving in a loving way. Ephesians 5.8 points to behaving with a life exposed to God's truth. Then it culminates with us learning how we walk before the living God. How? He says, this is how I want you to walk, not as unwise, but wise. Ain't that something? He said, he said I want you to look carefully at your life so that you can recognize what is unwise and what is wise. Now, wise here, it means the application of knowledge, but, but, but technically here, it means something a little different, including the application of knowledge. It, it, it means uh, to have spiritual discernment. Being unwise means you ain't got no discernment. You consistently make silly decisions with your life. Help me, God, today. He, he said, he said, God, he said, stop making silly decisions. You got the mind of Christ. Why are you thinking like that? Like, use it. Like, use the mind of Christ. So, so, so it, it basically said, you don't use the Bible for no decision making. You just decide what you want to do. You make a list, if you even write it down, and then you just go headstrong into that thing. But the Bible calls that unwise. That the Bible calls wise having spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment says, I want to do A, B, C, and the third, right? But where is this? It may not be explicitly in Scripture, but where in principle in the Scripture would the Bible describe this as a wise decision? Are you hearing me today? Now, some of y'all looking at me funny. Let me make this real plain. You've been trying to get out of debt. You've been knocking your debt down. Christmas come, you ain't saved no money for Christmas presents. Then you just max out your card, not thinking because of what you value, because it's not wise, but unwise. Are you trucking with me? It, you, 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 you jump into a relationship quickly without any assessment or nobody's voice to help you out with whether or not you go about to marry crazy. Amen, somebody. Uh, I wish I had some help. So, some, somebody going to school, and it costs a half a million dollars to go to school, and you say, I'm just going to go. Ain't pray. You just got a, 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 a unction in your spirit, and you ain't prayed, sought no type of Lord, and you're going straight headlong up into a plum mess to make a mess, but you're looking at the dream, not the process of the mess and the carnage that you're going to create. Listen, stop walking as unwise and now have some spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment, ain't I felt it in my spirit. But here, one more Christian make a decision based on what they, I just, Pastor, I ain't got a verse for it, all right? But I felt in my spirit that this was the will of God. If anything in your life forces you to make a decision that's not an answer to prayer that you prayed, it probably isn't an opportunity that God has for you. Never before, help me today, God. Somebody getting some help. That's all right. Um, never make an unwise decision because most quick decisions are unwise decisions. Help me today, God. It's, 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 and, so, and so when he talks about this idea of walking as not unwise but wise, 
It's, it's a very, very powerful, powerful principle for us to develop in and, and to look in as believers. Let's move to the second point. <laughs> that was the first point. Second point. If you're going to go from resolution to resolve, number two, you have to resolve that you will maximize every season that the Lord gives you. Help me today. That I will max, that you will maximize. Somebody say maximize. Maximize every season that the Lord gives you. Uh, I'm, I'm right here in the text, it says, making the best you. This is, how, this is what it looks like to be wise. This is what he's saying. He's giving you practical application on what it looks like to be wise. He says, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Now, the, word, the idea of making the best use of the time, that whole phrase except for time, making best use, is one word actually in the Greek. It means to redeem the times. It, it literally means to buy time back. Now, now then he says, because the days are evil. Now, you ever seen that verse where it says, we used to spend our times of ignorance on all of these type of foolish things? So what he's saying is, is you used to spend your time foolishly. He's saying now buy back time and utilize time for the glory of God. That means begin to maximize the time that God has given you. Don't waste any of your time in your life. In other words, buy it back in every single season of your life because most of us don't like the seasons that we're in. And the seasons that we don't like, we don't think it's time to be fruitful because it's not the destiny that we're looking forward to. But the issue is your faithfulness is not tested by exaltation. It's tested in the times of your greatest humiliation. Oh, help me today, God. Listen, you better learn how to end your time where you don't like where you are to use that time as wisely. Because most of the time, the place and times you don't want to be in are the times, listen, where God is preparing you for something you don't know about. Okay, let me see if I can make a plan. Um, I, I love Kimberrell's voice. I don't care what nobody say. Ice cold vocalist. Ice to the cold, okay? Let me tell you why she's ice to the cold, okay? She's ice to the cold, not because she has mad range. She don't have no range, meaning she can go la, 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 and all over the place, kick out, right? She got maybe two octaves, maybe. And that little bit of space, she works that little piece of space up in there, like you'd be like, most people would have given up on their voice because they ain't got, I ain't got range like Mariah Carey, see above, see ah, and all of that, right? She said, I ain't got all that. I'm going to take this little space God gave me, and I'm going to wreck it for his kingdom. And I'm going to be all up in the middle. And, and, and because of that, because of the pressure on her voice, she's forced to create runs that didn't exist. If she had too much range, she wouldn't run as much. So therefore, that little bit of space, she max. You better take the space that God gives you in your life. You better, you better take that little, that little bit of. If God, if they, if He give you wiggle right in that little, right there in that little crack, right tack out, right there, you maximize the God. Let me give you a story. Listen, when I was um, when I was first coming into ministry in my first, one of my second church ministry jobs. Uh, at Oakland Bible Fellowship, we, we, we were doing ministry out of a trailer. There was like 20 of 10, 20 of us in there. You know what I'm saying? In a trailer. Now, the trailer was from this column right here to about here. Then from the edge of that, the, the, the sound booth, to right here to where the cross is. And, I mean, and we was all in there. Now, when most, I mean, everybody else had beautiful offices, marble floors, you know what I'm saying? 
I, we had to wear suit and tie every day, all right? You know what I'm saying? I'm having to carry boxes. And then my boss was like, we're going to have some downtime. What I want you to do, Reverend Mason, is I want you to um, just spend some time working on your school or working on whatever. And I spent that time learning stuff, learning how to write, learning how to develop, and maximizing my time. One time when I was a youth pastor, it was crazy, I was a youth pastor, wrote out all this vision. I was a missions pastor one time, an assistant pastor, wrote out all this vision. Didn't get to do it at that ministry. But I maximized the time that I was given there, not knowing that what I was writing was Epiphany Fellowship. Let me, let me tell you something. If you get mad at what's not happening in the small season, when God brings you into the big season, you won't have nothing for it. As a matter of fact, he may not bring you into it because many times God is waiting for you to be faithful so that he can get the season ready. The season's already ready. Now, I ain't talking about a se- I ain't talking about your season in the sense of your g- personal centered purpose. I'm talking about a big old, huge God-centered purpose that either is in the minuscule or the maximize. But, but wherever it is, maximize where you are. If you're in a mundane place where everything's regular, maximize it. If, you, if, you go, if you're routine, you, you may sweep floors, you may clean toilets, maximize that time. Because you will never know. You may be in a corporate building learning something and meet somebody. You don't know what. See, if you complain about every season God has you in, you won't ever get to it. You won't get to another place, and God won't be able to sow into you what's needed for you. Yes. Who, who's the ultimate example of this? Jesus. Jesus, in three years, did what thousands of years of prophets couldn't do. Everybody from Adam to Malachi failed. Matter of fact, John the Baptist failed. Oh, are you the one or should we look for another? He get in jail, start getting shook because his head about to go click tippy. I probably would have too, all right? But Jesus comes and does in three years, in three, in three years, what 1,500 years of Scripture, of the, not the Scripture, but the people in Scripture, they pointed to but failed at because they weren't the Redeemer. And Jesus came and he maximized his time and he utilized it to the full. He utilized every moment, used, even on the cross, he used those six hours. He, he maximized those six hours. He quoted verse. I wouldn't have remembered nothing on that cross. Dude, soon as dude, soon as dude would have showed me the nail, I would have passed out. I'm letting you know right now, y'all laughing. Man, I'd have been like, I'd have, if, especially if somebody went before me and, I, and they start hollering. I, don't, I, don't, I just wouldn't have been. But, but Jesus Christ, matter of fact, he took on his cross. And he understood time well. He understood time so well that he knew when he was going to die. And he said, to tell us die, it is finished. Into thy hand I commit my spirit. And he was like, boom, gown. Matter of fact, he said, you don't take my life, I give it. So therefore, he left his body when he was ready. That's cold right there. You should have shouted, right? You missed your shout. That was cold right there. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but Jesus Christ, and we got to maximize our time. You know what I'm saying? Jesus makes a statement that, that really haunts me in Luke 16, the conclusion of this parable. It haunts me based on time. He says, the sons of this world are more wise according to their generation, or, or it can be translated kind, or, uh, than the sons of light are. And what he's saying is, is he says, sinners, you maximize God's world 
for their generation better than God, than God's people maximize the stuff that God has created for God's glory in their generation. That's literally what he's saying. Now, this is what's crazy about that. Now, 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 now I ain't saying people ain't saved. I'm just mentioning something, all right? So don't send me an email about, see, Pastor, you don't even know where people are spiritually. Just hit an illustration, all right? Now, Puffy, right? Puffy, that dude be maximizing some stuff. You can say what you want about that dude. That dude be maxing all kinds of world for, I mean, dude started a TV network, Revolt Nation. He's the first one to integrate soul deeply into hip-hop. I mean, he's, I mean he, he got a whole bunch of stuff. He's he the first one to really help artists to get endorsement deals. with. I mean, he's maximizing. Even Steve Jobs. Who's, who, who's not here anymore, but it's crazy. He made a deal with all the record companies because all of the, um, all the music was getting pirated so badly that he went on ahead, he created iTunes, made a deal so that he could stop pirating and economically save the music industry. Now, if somebody can do all that for whatever unredeemed, whatever you want to call it, why aren't we maximizing our time on planet Earth for the glory? What are you doing? What are you doing with your time? Just chilling. No, get up off your Watusi and get to work. If one more person tell me, I want to start a business, when you going to go for it? But the question I want to ask you is, what does God get out of the deal? What does his glory get out of the deal? When redeeming the times and making a resolve points to rooting purposes, dreaming based on the word of God and going after, get after it. What's in your spirit that God that you can't get over? Is anything haunting you? Is anything about the brokenness of this world haunting you? Does your business, does your art, does it redeem time? Or does it criticize how other people are trying to redeem time? Huh? Maximize your life. Make 2000, say this year, I'm going to stop talking. Some of y'all need to just go, just go, just, just bust a move. Just pray, pray, get up in that book, bust a move. Because some of us, we've been doing this for a long time, just talking, just talking. And, and when you're going to go before God, you got all this paperwork, you got, you got, listen, some of y'all ain't wrote nothing. Get all, redeem the time. Whether If you're single, stop complaining about not being married. God ain't sent me nobody. See, if God sent me somebody, I'll be more, he ain't sent them. Cool. He ain't sent them because he got something for you right now. Your calling in God doesn't start when you get married. Listen, go, go, on and, go on and get up in the cracks and crevices. You may not have, you may have no part. Living in the city, you live in closed quarters. You, ain't, you probably barely got a shower. Bank account looking funny. Don't, but don't like, act like you ain't, don't act like you got more than what you have. See, maximizing your, minute, your life for God doesn't mean you act richer than you are. It means that God sovereignly has assigned this to me. Now, if he's assigned this to me, let me maximize this. I wish I had a witness here today. I wish, I wish you, I wish, if I, I don't want to hear one, 
more complaint about where you are if you are idle and not using and maximizing what God has given you for the glory of God through Jesus. Yeah, you're single. Yeah, your money's funny. Yeah, it's taking a long time to finish school, but go. Oh, God, help me today. Help me today. All right. I'm saying this because I love you. Last point, I'm getting out your way. I got six minutes and 26 seconds. All right. Last but not least, this is, this, is the, this, is the, this is the ice in the soda right here. All right. Resolve. If you're going to go from resolution to resolve, if you're going to go to resolution to resolve, number, number three, you got to resolve that the Lord will be the strongest influence in your life. You, you, <laughs> did you, I'm going to just tell you that that's, that's so important. Right? Because most believers have a lot of other things that the strongest influence in their life. And so what does he say? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The, the idea of that verse means find out what God is in favor of. Did you hear that? That is how you find out what God is in favor of. By finding out where he's active and joining him where he's already working. See, being on your grizzly doesn't mean, doesn't mean you create where there's no creation. There's everything that God wants created is, is here. So, so what you do is you use what's created for his glory. Now, he's finding what God is in favor of, that means you look at where God is already active and join him in it. When, when, I, when I look for people for ministry, ministry whether it's men and women, whether it's man for planting a church, women for any type of ministry, I don't really look at the most gifted people. I've, I've learned that gifts don't impress me as much as they used to. They don't. What, 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 what impresses me now is God's hand and favor on a person. Because if God's hand is on a person, you ain't got to worry about their ministry gift. Did you hear that? See, if God's hand is on a person and he's already active, or you, you're not raising somebody up. You're joining God in what he's already doing to raise that person up. And when that happens, it'll make you look successful, but really, you just cornered the market on following the Lord. <laughs> Y'all missed that. Man, I'm going to take advantage of it. Verse 15. It says, it says, verse 15, he said, And do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. I like the old school words like that. Nobody, who says that? Debauchery, right? One translation says dissipation. I love that, right? But be filled with the Spirit. Literally means be being filled. Okay, be being filled. Now, we, 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 we believe in the gifts, but this is not talking about spiritual gifts being ignited in you by being filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit points to there's more than one time where you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, Peter's filled with the Spirit. Acts chapter 4, he's filled with the Spirit again. Literally in chapter 4, it says, and he was being filled with the Spirit at that moment. So that means being filled with the Spirit literally means to be under the Holy Ghost control. See, if you're going to have resolve versus resolutions, God will birth in you through the work of the Spirit what you should be doing and what you should not be doing. Now, that sounds simple, but I don't know why we keep walking unwisely. So because of that, we need the work of the Spirit. Now, there are three sectors, if, if, if you will, of what I like to quickly say is that, that it means to be filled with the Spirit. The first one is pressure. Somebody say pressure. It, it means that the Holy Spirit puts pressure on us. Now, when I say pressure, I'm not, merely, I'm not talking about suffering or hardship. 
Okay, even though that happens as a believer. But that's not what the point of this is. It, it, the idea of this field is, is, is throwing up a sail, okay, and throwing up a sail and putting it out in water. And as you put it out in water, wind blows on it to direct it where it needs to go. The filling of the Spirit is like that. The believer doesn't have a motor in their soul. See, if you got a motor you, and you don't, that's too much technology. You're trying to direct yourself, you're going, cacao, don't do that. Because, for, because, if, because Hebrews 2 talks about people being tossed and fro. You tossed and fro. Sometimes you think you're directing, but really you tossed and fro because you're just going everywhere. You're not directed. You're trying to be uh, the architect and the captain of your fate and the master of your soul. That doesn't work in the kingdom. So what we do as Christians, we throw up our sail and let the ghost blow on us so that wherever he blows, we goes. Help me today, God. Wherever he blows, he goes. Listen, you better learn how to watch God's activity. See, when you watch God's activity, you'll look like a success, but all you keep saying is, I just, you know, I, I said at the conference one time, I said, it trips me out that people follow God's spirit, then write a book on how they plan to get there. I was like, dog, you didn't make that up. The Holy Ghost did it, and now you're trying to act like you planned that. All you did was find out what God was active in God. So what you do, you better learn how to throw up your sail. In every single area of life, you better learn how to throw. You better say, God, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. Listen, you need, some of y'all need to admit that. I don't know what in the heck. Lord, here we go. I'm throwing up the sail directly. Listen, if I, listen there's some places I would have never been if I didn't throw up the sail. There's some people and some opportunities for God's glory that I would have never met. Listen, the Bible says, and Jesus being filled with the Spirit was sailed into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, the only reason a human being would go out with wolves and things, with no weapons, none. And he say he went out there with a sword, a dagger, a gat, nothing. He went out there with what he had on after baptism, wet. Huh? He was wet from baptism. Don't nobody do that. Who does that? After you get out the pool, you just walk out and go down the street. You know what I'm saying? Don't nobody do that. Listen, Jesus Christ, after he got baptized, he had on a full outfit. He didn't, like, take it off like we do. He had swimming trunks with the little cacao. He had none of that. He baptized, came out, led by the Spirit, walked into darkness. For 40 days and 40, man, I'd have heard the first coyote. Your boy would have been the Flash, Speedy Gonzalez, up out of that mug. But because he was led by the Holy Spirit, he'll keep you where he blows you. Oh, God, y'all missed that. I, I ain't preaching no more. Listen, I'm just going to tell you right now, the Holy Ghost will keep you. If you just let him just blow you, you give, you give, I came, God, are we really going here? Okay, here we go. You better learn how to go where he blows. I'm trying to stop there. But that's for somebody. Some of y'all scared to go some places, but where you go is about his glory. And when he's blowing you that place, he's not taking you off the beaten path. God doesn't detour. He has, when you follow the Spirit, he has the GPS. Anyway, number two. I'm going to get out your way. Permeation. Permeation. The idea of being filled is not just pressure, but permeation soaked in his presence. It means that you, that means you're saturated over and over again with the direction of the Holy Spirit. And see, the problem with conservative Christians is we've intellectualized following the Holy Spirit. You know, we, the reason why we, they're sensationalists 
is because people want to control the spiritual activity in their organization, like organizing the spirit, like this is the way to spirit. Like, be quiet. But then there's the other side that oversays what the Holy Spirit's doing, and they're more Lord than the Spirit. But our desire is to be saturated with the Spirit of God in our lives, saturated with His presence. But, but, but then, but then from, 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 from pressure to permeation, it's now domination. Because, the, because what it points to being filled with the Spirit is that He's Lord and you're not. See, being, this, being filled with the Spirit means I let God tell me what to do. See, that's where resolve comes from. When God tells you what to do, now, success when God does it doesn't look like success in man's eyes. And you have to be okay with that. Because God will do stuff in your life and people won't understand why you're doing it. And it's God leading you because they're looking according to the physical, not the spiritual. And therefore, you want, listen, you better let the, the Holy Spirit tell you what to do. Now, somebody after the last gathering asked me a good question. How do I get filled with the Spirit? I'm glad you asked. The next verse said, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Guess how you do it? Worship. Worship. Corporate worship. Why do some people just get lost in their time? When some of you ever lifted your hands to the Lord and just got lost, and then in that time, the Spirit started ministering to you from the Word of God about something and pulling you to surrender while your hands are lifted. And then, then that's why songs and art is supposed to be exhortational if it's spiritual uh, uh, art for worship. Uh, I, I understand redeemable art and all that, but I'm talking about worshipful art. It's supposed to exhort so that God's people are under. And so what happens is when you get under the Spirit's control, then you start you admonishing and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Guess what? The Spirit takes control, and then you better start writing after that. Because the goodness of the Holy Spirit leads you and guides you and strengthens you. So this year, I want you to go from resolution to resolve. I want you to, I want you to look at what we said first. We said, we said, listen, resolve, resolve in all that it is points to the fact that you have spiritual discernment. N- n- number two, number two, if you're going to go from resolution to resolve, number two, if you remember, points to the fact that, that resolve comes from this idea based on verse 16 of us walking in these realities and, and walking in what God has called us uh, to walk in, uh, to, that we would maximize every single season that God has placed us in. And then not only that, and finally, and finally, it's important that God will be the greatest and strongest influence on your life. And that's better than a resolution. That's a lifestyle.